journalist, not a terrorist. I know what's right. The First Amendment tight. With the Lafayette Square, cause Trump don't care. Kids out of the cages and increase our wages. Welcome back to Naharan America. Uh, we have an incredible guest today. Uh, one of one of the men I truly admire in Hollywood. And not only just Hollywood, but in Mexico in general. I mean, he has done the epitome of the Mexican crossover. Uh, he's comfortable in both languages. He's comfortable in both cultures. He's a man of the world. He's coming to us directly from Puerto Rico, Fernando Allende. Fernando, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Rick. Uh, great to join you and the wonderful audience that you have. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day here in Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico is a phenomenal uh, uh, space that allows different cultures to mingle together. And uh, it's been really phenomenal, especially when we speak about the arts and how devoted the government is to promote mm-hmm. the arts. I mean, motion picture, television, recordings, concerts. is such a, uh, a devoted audience. And uh, I'm really happy to be here and to, in a certain way, have been influential in, in gathering all the elements necessary for our people out of Hollywood or out of, of the you know industry, the movie industry or TV industry around the world to come over to Puerto Rico and, and allow us to host them and, and show them how beautiful this place is. And obviously we had a lot to do with the, with the tax credit and, uh, and everything that you know, the government is doing to attract uh, you know, motion picture and television and showbiz to come over and be with us here. So anyway, thank you. Thank you so much, Rick, for having me over. Oh, it's well, a pleasure to be with you again, brother. It's a great honor, Fernando. I mean, I've I, I've known you. You've been one of the staples of Hollywood. I mean, I've seen you in, in everything. I mean, you did Flamingo Road, Johnny Chicano, um, you know, Heartbreaker. I mean, I can just go on and lots of movies and telenovelas. I mean, it's it's been an incredible career. I mean, it's it's been one of those careers that that you you dream of when you start in the business. You're going to do all these sort of things. I mean, you you were on recently on Mexican Dynasties, which I thought was incredible. You you and your entire family. What was that like doing a a reality show having come so much from entertainment? Well, Rick, it was uh, it was very you know, it was a uh, it was the very first time that I uh, that I had done uh, this kind of a project. I brought my family into I had the pleasure of, uh, of meeting all the people in, in Shed Media, Campanario, uh, Jaime, uh, Davila. You know, wonderful people uh, trying to utilize uh, the media mm-hmm. and uh, in an international way to to shed a, a different light uh, towards uh, what Mexico or Mexicans are, and um, in kind of a you know colloquial, funny way, it was it was a wonderful experience to be around 152 countries, you know, and and, and be able to uh, be in in the West End and people recognizing us and being in New York or mm-hmm. or in the you know in Paris and so I mean it's 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 phenomenal, uh, Rick. The uh, the 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 amount of people, the amount of souls that we can reach with with our work. It was you know it was a phenomenal. Yeah, and what you were mentioning about before that, you know, to 
have been able to be in Hollywood pioneering, uh, you know, being the first in my generation to, to be there and have the privilege of working with the, uh, uh, Peter Houston, uh, Tony Curtis, uh, Karen Back, uh, Angela Lansbury, Joanne Woodward, and always playing uh, interesting roles. Um, I, I don't know exactly what was going on socially or politically speaking wise, but there were there was incredible interest in in knowing the mainstream, uh, the, the mainstream knowing who we were, who were coming. Yeah. Writers they used to write a lot a lot for us, something that I don't see that often today. Mm-hmm. And I guess that it's also part of the sociological change. But I mean, in those days, it was unbelievable. The projects, everybody wanted to have a Latino on board. Yeah. And I was I was there. So it was it was phenomenal to be and share face to face with all these wonderful, talented people. I mean, I, I remember back in those days, I, I had a chance to write Ricardo Montalban's speech for Nosotros. I remember coming to his house and it was just, you know, I was the younger generation, just looking up to the, the older generation and been in Hollywood in so long. And, you know, your generation after, after Ricardo Montalban more, um, you know, to work in the, the telenovelas in Mexico and also work in the nighttime telenovelas here with Flamingo Road. Um, how, was there a, uh, when you first started out, was there like an actor you met that you just thought, I can't believe I'm meeting this person? What, who starstruck, who gave you that starstruck feeling early in your career? Early, early in my career, it was really funny. You know, if uh, some of our listeners uh, have a contact with the, uh, you know, with the Latin America, when I was younger, I really, really had this crush on, uh, on a beautiful, wonderful, talented lady called Angelica Maria. Oh, and it was really yes. funny. It was really funny. You know, I, I know that I'm not the only one. Uh, but, you know, listen to what happened to me, which was really interesting. One day at the university, uh, I had this friend of mine, uh, a very private individual, a very nice, wonderful guy. So he said, you know, for now, I'm going to be having my, my birthday, you know, among my family only, you know, my grandmother and my cousin, you know, maybe a few other members of the family. Would you like to come? And, you know, when I... Um, uh, I I come from a family that used one of the businesses was a record shop. Mm. So when I was a kid, I would go to the record shop and, and get all this. If you remember Caravelli, uh, Percy Faith, oh, yeah. uh, and all this incredible orchestras that would play all the most important songs of the era. So me wanting to sing, you know, having, you know, 17, 18 years of age, 16 years of age. So I, I would play every track to find out which was in my key and I would sing. Mm-hmm. But one of the songs was, you know, mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah. And this is the song that Angelica used to sing. Anyway, back to the universities. So the guy say, says, come over, you know, come, come over to my house. So we went to Lomas de Chapultepec, mm-hmm. and I meet, uh, you know, the grandmother that had done the cake and the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, my friend says, we well, you know, I, I have a present for you, a surprise for you. And I turn around, and Angelica Maria was there. Okay, wow. So start. it was like, like, it was an unbelievable moment. But listen to what happens after. So, you know, I think that he says, um, why do you sing your song? You know, Angelica, Fernando really admires you a lot, and, and he loves your song. And she says, would you be kind enough to sing it for me? And then, well, I, I'm never prepared, you know, but in my car, I do have the, the record with the music. So I went to the car, got the music. Long story short, what happened, I sang and the whole thing. Um, a few years, look at the magic of the universe. Yeah. A few years later, I, I do uh, the film Maria, 
uh, Mexican production that turned into a classic romantic film. Maria, it is the equivalent to Romeo and Juliet in the Latin American community in, in literature. What happens? I come back from Maria and, and you know, they knew that it was going to be a big, big success. So all of a sudden they call me from Televisa, uh, uh, Ernesto Alonso, and he says, uh, you know, I, I really wanted to talk to you because I wanted to know if you are the kind of that wants to stay only doing film or if you would be interested in doing television. And I said, no, 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 definitely. You know, if it's a good role, I'll be happy to play television. And, mm-hmm. and, and he says, would you would you like to, to do a novella with me? I would be producing and I said, I'd be more than happy to do it. So he says, do you know who's going to be your partner in the novella? Well, yes, Angelica Maria. Maria. Wow. Okay. And that was Ana del Aire, another mega, mega success. In those days, Rick, you remember that novelas would capture the attention oh, yeah. of the audience at a level that even the theater, you know, uh, they won't pack it because everybody was watching the novella. Yeah, they, they, so, built, uh, they built where the last episodes where everyone had to be watching the last. I mean, the only thing I saw, had the, the equivalent and Ana del Aire is one yeah. of those. But remember that era we're talking about, Rick? Yeah. That era... In those days, uh, you know, the normal novella was 250 episodes. Mm-hmm. But if the novella was successful, like the ones that I did, we would do 500 episodes, 501 hour episodes. Wow. It was a year and a half. Can you imagine how things have changed now? Oh, well, yeah, in, in a way, I think that it's, it's for the best, you know, it's more, more concrete, there are less episode quality. The visual quality has been elevated at a certain level that it almost, almost pairs with motion picture. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast, the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And I say almost because, I mean, the... The seventh art, you know, the septimo arte, is is really is really hard to compete. But I mean, I can certainly notice that things, because of all the technology, things are getting uh, at that level where you can do, you know, motion picture quality for television. Yeah, I mean, I remember the time I was on General Hospital as a summer storyline as an actor on that show, and I was recognized everywhere I went. And to tell you the truth, I didn't like it because they would <laughs> they would walk up to me and say stuff like, you know, you're more handsome on film. Or just like, like, just walk up and tell me that. Hey, you look heavier. In film, you look better. Or what are you doing in McDonald's? You're on General Hospital. It's like getting a fish sandwich. It's a, it was an oh, yeah, odd. Oh, yeah. Ray, do you, do you know? I'm, I'm sure you do. You do know. But maybe some of, uh, of our audience, you know, someone doesn't. Do you know why we used to look much heavier on TV than on the motion picture screen? Yeah, video. Video would do it. it well, out. yeah, actually, because when we were not digital, you know, the images were um, were created horizontally. Yeah. So, I mean, you need to get five kilos less to look like the way you look in real life. Nowadays, it's different because, I mean, nowadays with the camera and the lenses that we have and the lighting equipment, which is phenomenal, subtle, much more subtle, but very powerful. I mean, they, 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 they can even see what you don't have. You know, those cameras and those lenses are really unbelievable. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, they put on a lot of pounds on me. And I, that and also just all the fried food I ate at that time. But um, mostly the, the fried food. But, yeah, I, 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 I would see myself on camera. I'd go, you know, I'd go, wow, I look heavier and, you know, suit different things. <laughs> and it was always freak me out a little bit. But, 
You know, I th- I think it is because when they see you on television, they they believe you you belong to them. You're their entertainer. <laughs> they'll walk up and they'll tell you, like I played a bad guy, which is really bad because they'll they'll tell you. I was at a movie theater and there was some guy behind me going, "Yeah, that guy's in general hospital. I hate him." And I was just I was like, I didn't do any of that stuff. It's a it's a it's a script. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I mean, not only not, not only what you just said that you know they they own you. Yeah, uh, but I mean, they really, really believe. I remember once, you know, I was I was playing uh, this other incredible character of this individual, you know, coming from a well-to-do family, you, you know, really spoiled Brad. Yeah, and then he got into an accident, uh, and he, he loses his sight, and uh, and I had to learn, you know, which was an incredible process uh, as an actor for me to learn how to how to play an incident which I respect them and love them. But you know what happened? During the weekends, I would go with my band and go and sing at the Palenques. And I remember once in Guanajuato, Mexico, uh, I was buying some shoes or some leather goods or something like that. And uh, and then this, this two old ladies, you know, I'm just about across the street. And these two ladies, older ladies, they just come one on each side and they say, would you allow us to cross the street for you? <laughs> and then I understood that they had, that they believed that I was, and Blind, I, I didn't want to break the yeah. to break the magic. So I said, "See, si, see, si, por supuesto." <laughs> so you know, I, I allowed them to cross the street. It was, it was, you know, it's. I mean, just confirming what you're saying. Yeah. People, some people really do believe what, oh, what they watch. On TV. It's strange because I was on a soap opera for like all summer long, and of course, they reckon I did one guest star on a, a, a TV show called China Beach years ago, and. No one remembered it, but General Hospital, every, for some reason, telenovelas and, and daytime television, it's a different audience, and it's also an extremely loyal audience. They really believe. Well, it, it, it is, and, and you don't believe the reason for that is, uh, you know, when, when you have that amount of time to, to tell a story, mm-hmm. and when you allow the actor to have that amount of time to really create a character— yeah, I I think that the, the growth that comes with you within you, that same growth is with the audience. So you grow with them, and they grow with you, and that that is the reason why they feel that they own you and that you're part of the family. You're the cousin. You're you you're you know you're you're yeah. someone that belongs to them. But I mean, it's, it's because I think it's the timing that allows you. And nowadays, we're very much you know the digital era brought to us this very precise kind of you know very concrete. Say what you have to say and say it the proper way and use the time, you know. But then it seemed to me that in those magical days that we had the privilege of living, like we had a a bit more time, you know, to enjoy, to to create. I think that that's a big part of it because now we've come into the world where everything's shortened. It's like TikTok. You know, it's it's everything's going to be. You're, yeah, the, the shorter the better. Right? Shorter the better. The they shorter, see it and move the on. Message, the better it is. Yeah, but yeah. in Mexico, we need to go back. You know. Yeah, well, there's still my, my father-in-law, rest in peace, would say to me, uh, "Sobrevivirá el que se sepa adaptar," mm-hmm. meaning yeah. he will only survive the one that learns how to adapt. So. Yeah. Here we are in that well, process, bro. Actually, Adapting. Darwin said that too. So it's the species that adapts. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. I'm going to take that away from my father in law. He told me that he had created that line. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, maybe. I, I don't want to take away from your father-in-law. Who knows? Maybe he did. I love my father-in-law. Yeah. Rest in peace. But, Such a sweet individual. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think for all of us, the generations are changing where, where really it was, you know, I, what I love when I go to Mexico, uh, I go to Cabo a lot. And uh, I love the fact that in Mexico, it seems like people um, work to live, but not live to work. There's a the difference. They're, they're, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There, there's always like a, you know, like like an enjoyment of life, and and you know we're we're back to the the concept of pace. Mm-hmm. You know the, the 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 way. I mean the enjoyment of the food, even the creation of the food to be in the kitchen and being part yeah. of it, and and then the charla, you know, conversations. It's just like a, like a different, and you know that is why I'm so so excited. I don't know if I mentioned this to you. But I'm working hand-in-hand hand with the Mexican government, uh, especially in the state of Jalisco, uh, for the creation of movie studios there. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, every person from Hollywood that I mentioned, would you, would you like to come and work in Puerto Vallarta? Is there, give me a, I'll, I'll be there tomorrow, you know, I'll move. Oh, I'll move. If, if uh, I, so, I mean, I'm very excited about yeah. this project, you know, to be able to offer uh, our friends, you know, our family in Hollywood the opportunity you know, we're only a flight away, and uh, I don't know if you if you know this. I, I gathered this information recently that uh, the, the state of Jalisco, which is where you know Puerto Vallarta mm-hmm. is, the state of Jalisco has more uh, 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 flights coming from Los Angeles than even Mexico City, which is really I, I didn't I mentioned this to you because I didn't have that impression. You know, I always yeah. thought that the capital would have more flights coming from Hollywood, from Los Angeles. But no, no. Guadalajara has more flights coming from LA. So actually, you're only one flight away. How convenient. And then, and then you're a producer, as I am, mm-hmm. when you get into into dollars and cents, I mean, uh, when, when we say, for example, Rick, uh, just to give you a number, I'm going to say a million dollars because, I mean, nothing in Hollywood costs a million dollars. Yeah. You know, that's, that's it's a always deal. more than that. But just to round the number, uh, you know, what if you pay, and this this is uh, said by uh, by uh, producers that have been working the last couple of weeks uh, in in Puerto Vallarta and in Jalisco, uh, they said, well, what what about the tax credits? And I said, well, we're working diligently mm-hmm. with the government to create the tax credits because we believe that that's the most important thing to be competitive. You know, to yeah. have the credits, and they say, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Second, Fernando, wait a second. No. Well, I mean, if you get them, that's fantastic. But listen, here are my numbers. If I put a million dollars in production in Hollywood, that same production in Hollywood would cost me, if I go to Mexico City, will cost 50%. Mm-hmm. It would cost me $500,000 to do the same production in Mexico City. But if I go to Jalisco, it costs me a quarter of a million, $250,000. And I said, oh, wow. So, so tax credits are very important, but not necessary if we if we you know if we bring that you know into dollars and cents and the whole thing. But, you know, I'm sharing all this with you because I know you're very interested in all everything that has to do with production. And to me, all this uh, incredible has blown my mind away. Just confirming what you were saying. You're right. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a different uh, way of looking at friends that well, become later yes. the chosen brother. Well, just like you, Rick. Yeah, just like you with me, hermano. <laughs> you are my hermano. Fernando, so thank you for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Fernando Allende. 
Great job. Great having you on the show. So good to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank brother. you. Happy holidays. Happy Bye-bye. holidays. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. The podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Join us next week for more on Nahara in America.